You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Have you always wanted to hear the hockey stories told from the press box? For your premier source of hockey prospect news from across the AHL, NCAA, Canadian Hockey League, and international leagues, this is your all-access pass to The Press Zone, a hockey podcast packed with news, analysis, interviews, and entertainment featured on AHLReport.com. Your hosts, Amy Johnson and Rick Stevens, are experienced, credentialed hockey reporters, bringing you stories built from strong connections throughout the hockey community and from inside rinks all across North America. Welcome to The Press Zone. Hello and welcome to the Press Zone podcast. Right here on the AHL Report, we are, of course, part of Rocket Sports Media, a proud affiliate of the Hockey Podcast, and I am your host of the show each and every week. My name is Amy Johnson. I'm the lead correspondent here at the AHL Report, and welcome. Glad that you're here with us today. If you're listening on Tuesday, the day that we're going to publish this episode, well, Congratulations, we've made it to the end of February. If you are listening to this podcast on maybe Wednesday or Thursday or even Friday, can you believe it's March already? In in any case, it's hard to believe um, we've gotten through two months of 2023 already. I don't know where the time is going, particularly seeing as the end of this week the deadline draws near. That's right. Trade deadline. Uh, the clock is ticking. The NHL is officially on the clock uh, as we push towards 3 p.m. Eastern time on Friday, March 3rd, uh, the NHL trade deadline. Um, we're going to talk about the deadline a little bit in the second segment of our show today. But before we get there, uh, I will have uh, some Laval Rocket updates to bring you. Talk to you a bit about how they performed uh, on their last road trip of the month last weekend, uh, where they had two games, uh, one in Rochester and one in Toronto, both against division rivals. And uh, let's we'll, we'll see how they did. We'll see how they managed to if if they could continue that. Uh, push up the standings that they've been experiencing or uh, if they slid backwards or split the difference. It's a mystery, right? (laughs) We're going to talk about it in just a little bit. Then in the second segment for the AHL Hot Stove, uh, as is kind of the the schedule now, we kind of have a routine going. Patrick Williams is here with me each and every week, of course, uh, contributor for Rocket Sports Media, a feature contributor for the AHL's website, theahl.com, and also uh, the AHL writer for NHL.com. Uh, he will be, of course, here with me uh, in the studio for the hot stove, but... Uh, Rick Stevens. None other than Rick Stevens is going to be with us as well. The gang is all back together for the AHL hot stove. And um, when the guys join me in the studio in the second segment, we're going to talk to you a bit about some things going on around the AHL. But as uh, Patrick and I had kind of prefaced last week, we talked about 
the first trade that had gone down and how that was affecting the AHL uh, with with some players involved. That's happened a couple more times around the league. And just want to make uh, some notes with uh, both Rick and Patrick of some of the some of the players who are find themselves on the move uh, and what it means for uh, both the NHL clubs and AHL clubs involved. Uh, and we're also going to give you a reminder of what the AHL trade deadline looks like. Uh, does it follow the same rules and timeline as the NHL? Uh, we like to kind of give you that primer course every year right around this time. So lots of great information to talk about. Looking forward to the guys uh, joining me here in the studio in just a few minutes. But first, let's talk about those Laval Rocket. Uh, we know that they uh, very fortunately came out of the prior week's um, road trip, uh, basically getting three out of six possible points. They they actually hit a 500 on the road, uh, ended things with a with a really big win, uh, and so it was. You know, they've been managing despite how depleted they are. Um, it's not even so much injuries anymore. It's all of the NHL emergency recalls. You know, Justin Barron is up. Yesse Ulanen's up. Raphael Harvey Pinard is up. Alex Belzeal's up. Um, you've got a lot of guys. Uh, Rem Pitlick is up. You've got a lot of guys. Uh, a lot of scoring power. A lot of your power play specialists uh, out of the lineup for Laval. But Laval's done a done a an, a respectable job during January and February of kind of weathering that storm and keeping themselves right in the kind of the the middle of the pack and the middle of the pack in the North division is, is a little on the lower side as far as points go, but, but it's a very competitive decision, uh, division. So last week, uh, Laval spent the better portion of the month of February on the road. Um, and so they finished that up with a two game stint Friday night and Saturday afternoon visiting Rochester and then Toronto. Now, Rochester, um, has been one of the teams that that Laval has has kind of had their their number um, this season and in previous. Se- I mean, last year in the playoffs, they swept them right out of the the playoffs. Last year, Caden Primo particularly has had a lot of success against the Rochester Americans. Um, and so, despite the fact that Kevin Poland finally came back from injury, Philippe De Rosier was returned to Trois Rivieres. Um, they did not start Kevin Poulin on this particular night in Rochester because Caden Primo has had such success uh, there. One thing regarding the lineup on this weekend that I was pleased to see is that the pairing, the defensive pairing of Matthias Norlander and Madison Bowie uh, had moved up from the third pairing to the second pairing. And that is a position and a promotion that the two of them have absolutely earned. Uh, Matthias Norlander and Madison Bowie, pr- frankly, we talked about this last week, ever since Corey Schooneman was the recall to replace an injured Arbor Jack guy, immediately that day, uh, Matthias Norlander and Madison Bowie started becoming very noticeable on the score sheet and even making the the smaller plays that don't necessarily appear on the stat sheet, but really strong play from both of these uh, from both of these defensemen, uh, Matthias Norlander really showing some some strength and skill and and progression in his development. So I was happy to see their promotion. Um, but boy, um, if the first 35 seconds of the Rochester game was any indication as to how the night was going to go, well, 
Jeremy Davies got Rochester on the board 35 seconds into the game, got a quick snapshot right through uh, as he was moving from right to left uh, through the slot. Um, then within the opening minute minutes, um, there was a fight, which was a little, you know, out of, <laughs> out of character, but, but it was right there. Uh, then it kind of went back and forth. It was Caden Primo at one end, Malcolm Subban at the other end. Um, and, and both teams were scoring, um, certainly not, not any anything that wasn't happening on Laval's end in terms of scoring. In fact, there was a shorthanded goal scored. There was a power play goal scored. They put four uh, four goals into Rochester's net past Malcolm Subban on this night. After Primo allowed the fourth goal for Rochester, and this was about five minutes into the second period, uh, Jean-Francois Ull made the decision to pull Caden Primo Um it was four to two for Rochester, five minutes into the second period. So he pulled Primo, put Kevin Polan in. Um, Kevin Polan ended up uh, allowing the very first shot he saw, which was a, a big blast from Yuri Kulich, uh, who we're actually going to talk about uh, in just a few minutes when Patrick and Rick join us in a bit. We've got some information about Yuri Kulich to talk about. Um, and, and Polan struggled just as much and things just really went downhill from there. Uh, the Americans absolutely put Laval away in this one, winning eight to four. Um, Caden Primo, uh, probably breathing a bit of a sigh of relief because Laval managed to keep scoring after Polan came in for relief. Uh, Caden Primo was not, um, was not given the loss on the night. Uh, Kevin Polan actually was the one uh, recorded with the loss on this night. So uh, as far as the stat sheet goes, Primo doesn't, Primo came out of that one uh, uh, on the lucky side for sure. Um, not a good effort, not a good, uh, not a good showing. And with Rochester right on Laval's heels in the standings, uh, that, that boosted Rochester and, um, they kind of haven't uh, haven't looked back <laughs> ever since. Um, so that was on Friday. They didn't have a lot a lot of time to think about it though, because they had to get on a bus. They had to drive to Toronto and take on the Marlies in their barn at four o'clock on Saturday afternoon. We know this is always a, a bitter and tough game to play. Um, Laval, however, really put it to Toronto the last time these two teams played, but Toronto has been running away with the North Division all season long. However, remember, we talked about last week uh, that they lost uh, Adam Gaudette and they lost, you know, pieces of their of their scoring puzzle. How are they going to bounce back? Well, um, it likely would have been Kevin Poulin starting this game less than 24 hours later, but because he played more than half of the game the night prior in relief of Caden Primo, it was Caden Primo having to make the start again on Saturday since he had only played uh, about 25 minutes of hockey the night before. This was a much more tightly played game. Uh, there was there was a, a lot more balance at both ends of the ice. Marley scored first, but Laval was able to kind of hang with them. Uh, they were scoring. Uh, William Trudeau and Mitchell Stevens both scored a goal in this game, uh, but it was Toronto that just was able to uh, find the back of the net last, and they pulled ahead 
uh, on a nice two-on-one play uh, with Dryden Hunt and, and Max Ellis, the one actually scoring the goal. Um, so the Marlies won this one three to two. It was a tightly played game, not a ton, not a ton of offense in this one. Um, and and to his credit, Primo faced 49 shots uh, in this game, which was a ton. So 49 shots, and he allowed 40 40. Uh, excuse me, 49 49 shots and only allowed three goals. So Caden uh, Primo had a had a better outing on Saturday, um, but the results were. Uh, there was no way around it of four possible points for Laval against division opponents on the weekend. They went back to Quebec with zero. What has that done for them in the standings? Not a whole heck of a lot. They are back under 500 in their winning percentage. They're at a 490. Uh, they are back in fifth place in the North Division. Yes, that still means technically they are in a playoff position by the skin of their teeth. Um, but the points look a lot different now. Rochester in fourth place ahead of them have now opened up a five point gap on Laval. So they are sitting uh, five points ahead of Laval in fourth place. Utica and Syracuse both getting some wins as well. They've pulled ahead to be tied uh, with 57 points in second and third place, which is six points ahead of Laval. So there's a lot of ground for Laval to make up there. And Cleveland and Belleville also uh, not doing too terribly. Cleveland's not winning as much, uh, but they're only one point behind Laval. And Belleville has won their last two games, and so they are sitting two points behind Laval. So when we talked last week, Belleville was five or six points behind behind Laval. And now Laval, Cleveland, you know, Laval's got 51 points Cleveland's got 50 points. Belleville's got 49 points. It is suddenly uh, kind of do or die in those bottom three spots, and they're back in the thick of fighting for their lives down there. So uh, the interesting thing now is now now Laval comes home. They're gonna they're gonna play a good portion of this month at home. They only have uh, about I believe three or f- uh, well actually no they do make a they do make a trip out to Manitoba for a couple of games. So. They're on the road a little bit this month, but they are home a lot more than they were uh, last month. They play Rochester twice this week, Wednesday night and Friday night, and Rochester just rolled over them uh, in their barn last Friday. So we'll see if Laval can flip the switch and do the same to them on their home ice at Place Bell or if Rochester is going to continue that momentum Uh, Those are two very important games for Laval on Wednesday and Friday. Uh, And then on Saturday, they welcome the Rockford Ice Hogs into the building um, and they'll be in town. That's the Chicago Wolves AHL affiliate from the Central Division, uh, somebody that they haven't seen so far this year. And that's always kind of a different test. Uh, Rockford sitting um, with 60 points on the season, so nine points ahead of Laval. Uh, they are fourth um, in the Central Division, uh, so they're not they're not doing too terribly. Uh, they have about a 566 uh, winning percentage, so it'll be interesting to see how all of that works out, but it's, it's amazing how quickly 
uh, positioning and outlook can change in the AHL this season, particularly in the North Division. Um, you blink an eye, you make one mistake, and there are teams that are right there waiting to gobble up that opportunity. So a big week ahead uh, for the Laval Rocket with uh, two games against Rochester. You know that we will have all of the action for you at the AHL Report on Twitter and, of course, all of our game recaps at ahlreport.com. Chris G. will be in the press box uh, for all three games at Place Bell this week, and we'll have uh, post-game audio with Coach Uhl and some of the players after each game. So be sure to bookmark ahlreport.com. Check that out. Follow us on Twitter at the AHL Report and... Uh, only time will tell when we meet again next Tuesday what the uh, what the theme of this week is going to be and whether or not there are any uh, additions or subtractions from the roster if if uh, Kent Hughes makes any trades that happen to involve any of the prospects or players who are down in the AHL. So we will have to see. All right, we are going to take a quick break. Uh, on the other side, uh, Patrick and Rick are going to join me in the studio for the AHL Hot Stove. We've got lots of great stuff to talk about there, including the AHL trade deadline and the implications of that. Uh, but first, we're going to hear from our sponsors over at DraftKings and Raycon. So stay with us. Check that out. You are listening to the Press Own Podcast right here on Rocket Sports Radio. NBA fans, it's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hand with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app today, opt in, and place a same-game parlay on any NBA game. And if it doesn't hit, you'll get a free bet back. Whether you're a fan of the Sixers, the Raptors, the Cavs, the Lakers, the Celtics, whatever your team is, you know, just line up a same-game parlay and see what happens. Download the app now and sign up with code THPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void in Ohio. See show notes for details. Hey friends, you know, this time of year everyone's talking about making big changes, which... It's all well and good, but most of the time pretty unrealistic. Like, you know, how many of us are really going to stick to that New Year's resolution that we're only going to eat salad for lunch every day this year? I doubt it. I've actually found that the smallest changes to your routine can make the biggest impact. In the same way, you don't have to break the bank to make a big deal purchase. Even the smallest things can be a part of a big change if it's something you use every day like my Raycons. Raycon is premium audio 
at the perfect price point. So you can build great habits without breaking the bank. In the studio, whether I'm recording a podcast, whether I'm working as a voice actor, I have big, heavy studio headphones on for all of those types of things. The great thing about my Raycons is when I just need some casual listening for audio, if I'm working, if I'm writing, doing something like that, and I just want to listen to a podcast uh, like those here at Rocket Sports Radio, or if I just want to listen to some music in the background, my Raycons are wireless, they're small, they fit in my ears perfectly, which is always an issue for me with in-bud uh, earphones. So whether you're looking for a pair of everyday earbuds, low latency gaming headphones, or a speaker with a battery that will last all night at your next party, Raycons got you covered. And yep, Raycons start at half the price of other premium audio brands. So you don't even have to choose between products. You can get one of each or a pair and a spare and still pay less than you would with some of the other guys. Even if you know you'll love your Raycons as much as I do, Raycon wants to make sure you feel great about your purchase. They offer buy now, pay later options, and every purchase has an easy and free return guarantee. Um, some of the things I love about my Raycons, I love the customizable sound profiles, uh, tap functions on the sides of the earbuds. I love the awareness mode because I don't want to tune out necessarily what's going on around me. So you can turn on awareness mode, which allows some of the ambient sound around you in the room that you're in or where you're, whatever your environment is to seep in so that you can still hear what's going on around. They're water and sweat resistant. So if you want to use them when you're working out, that's great too. So are you ready to buy something small with a big impact? Go to buyraycon.com slash THPN today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. And welcome back to the Press Home Podcast right here on the AHL Report, part of Rocket Sports Media and an affiliate of the Hockey Podcast Network. Once again, my name is Amy Johnson. I'm your host of the show. You can find me on Twitter at Flyers Rule. You can also find this podcast at The Press Zone. And of course, we hope you're following at The AHL Report. If you haven't done so already, if you enjoy listening to our show, whether it's your first time, your fifth time, your hundredth time, or... Let's see, this is episode 296, your 296th time of listening. If you haven't hit that subscribe button, I just invite you to do that right now. Uh, hit the like button, leave us a review. That's always very helpful. And don't forget to just hit the share button and share this podcast on your favorite social media platform. We've had plenty of people tell us, even these two gentlemen themselves have said they really enjoy it when all three of the gang, the trio, is back together for the AHL hot stove. You ask, we answer, we respond. It's happened. Here they are. <laughs> Patrick Williams and Rick Steven back in the studio with me today. Welcome, gentlemen. Thrilled Welcome. to be here. Yeah. Excited to be here. Uh, that's very good. I'm glad that you're excited to be here. Patrick's excited to be there. I was going to say Patrick's excited to be here because the angels have <laughs> the not angels left you. The angels are singing. They yeah. are. They are. Um, 
it's uh it's ha- a good week to be here well it's a busy week it's a very busy yeah. week um you know we've been talking about the trade deadline for for a couple of weeks now a few weeks now and and uh it's we're getting down to it as i said at the top of the show the uh Every NHL GM is officially on the clock for three o'clock PM on Friday. Um, time's ticking down. And so, um, you know, things are, we've seen that uh, just before we started recording is the news breaking that Patrick Kane is headed off to be a New York Ranger, which uh, that's going to be a little different. We'll see how that uh, rolls out. Marcus Johansson. Marcus Johansson. Lots of, you know, do we think that it's going to be, and you feel sorry for guys like, you know, James Duffy and others that um, for Sportsnet, TSN and their coverage that it's going to be a pretty quiet Friday, given that so many bodies have moved leading up to the deadline. Poor Duffy. It seems to be every year they have to find more, more and more filler. But hopefully there'll still be some excitement. The worst is when you wait all day and nothing happens on Friday and then at 2.55... It's like <laughs> everything happens all at once, which is which is always crazy. So we are going to talk about uh, some trades that have happened already. We're going to talk um, a little bit more about um, kind of some of the kind of the the logistics of certain other portions of the trade deadline that affect the AHL um, on trade deadline day. And we're also going to talk about, the AHL trade deadline, because yes, there is a separate trade deadline for the American Hockey League. And so we're going to talk about a little bit about all of that as well. So we are going to cover all of that. But before we get there, um, I will give you guys three guesses as to which team this week's AHL Player of the Week faced at least once last week. Mm. <laughs> Ponder, ponder, ponder. <laughs> it, the mind wonders. The mind wonders, yes. Uh, it is someone who played against the Laval Rocket this week. Uh, we just got done talking about this in the first segment, that uh, ghastly game in Rochester uh, on Friday night. And Yuri Kulich was uh, one of the ones who scored uh, in that game, putting up um, Rochester put up eight goals that night. Yuri Coolidge had one of them. I believe his was the first shot that Kevin Poulin faced when he came in to relieve Caden Primo and it got past him. Uh, but he is this week's AHL player of the week because of that play and, and some others, um, six points in three games last weekend. Um, and, and Patrick, I see that really Rochester kind of lit things up last week at 20 goals. A little bit of an offensive weekend overall for the Amherst. Yeah, uh, and 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 scoring had been a little bit of an issue for them uh, before, and uh, apparently Laval was good for the uh, for the confidence because <laughs> <laughs> um, they went on the road the following night in Springfield and, and really demolished the Thunderbirds, and then went into Providence and four goals in the first eleven minutes on Sunday afternoon. So you're in a three and three situation. Providence has actually been off the night before. Ooh. Um, so, um, break up the Amherst who, by the way, are going to be in Laval Wednesday and Friday. Dun, dun, Obviously, dun. <laughs> very crucial, uh, you know, um, two game series, certainly, uh, 
you know, standings wise, especially, right? Like mm-hmm. you know, Laval needs these points badly. Um, they have, they give up two games in hand to the Amherst. They're five points behind. So if, I mean, if the Amherst even get a split here, um, you know, you've, you've burned off two more games and, you know, you would be no, no further ahead. So at that point, if, 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 if you're Laval and you, let's say Rochester sweeps, now you're nine, nine back giving up two games in hand. And now, now that puts you then in a fight for that last spot, basically where you'd be fighting, fighting with Cleveland and Belleville. So this is a, this is a huge series coming up for Laval. And that changed really quickly because going into mm-hmm. that, going into Friday's game, I think that Rochester was one point behind uh, Laval and then leapfrogged them and, and uh, put a little distance. Um, so it, that things can happen very quickly in, in the AHL. Blink and you can be in trouble. Blink and you can be in a playoff position. It it all happens really quickly. Yeah, you you get those three and three weekends right, and if you mm-hmm. kind of if your roster's in just the right kind of uh, place at that moment, and you know maybe the opponents aren't right, like you can you can make some, some ground up fast. I mean that was a Rick, Rick you know pointed out that that's a classic example of that where you know um, Rochester went from behind to to ahead by you know a five point margin. Yeah. Um, well, and, and Belleville really, had a good um, weekend and, and pulled within two, two points of Laval as well. Yeah, exactly. The Belleville, you know, who, my gosh, their goaltending situation was even by their standards was absurd. Um, this weekend, um, they went and they got two, two, two out of three, uh, on the road in Wilkes-Barre Scranton, which is a team fighting for a playoff spot. And then in Hershey, which is one of the top teams in the, the, the entire Eastern conference. So. Um, you really can't, uh, you can't count anything, right? Like, so if Laval, I mean, they have to get, you have to get the ship righted fast because they did not look good this past weekend. I think, I think anybody would, uh, um, if you watched either game, either in Rochester or Toronto, uh, giving up 49 shots, um, it yeah, wasn't pretty, it was not pretty whatsoever. Before we before we move move on from this, Patrick, let me just ask you one one question. It was something that I alluded to in the first segment when talking about this week's schedule. Okay, they've got those two games against Rochester coming up, but they also uh, have another visitor coming on Saturday, and that's the Rockford Ice Hogs, which is mm-hmm. which is a, a very rare opponent for Laval to have. I believe it's the first time that they've seen them this season. Uh, can you just give us kind of a quick what kind of how how tough of a test might that be for for Rockford coming into Place Bell on Saturday? Yeah, so yeah, Rockford's a little interesting right now because they've had a, a ton of ton of moves happen, right? Like so, David Gust is up, who's just absolutely been light, lighting things up for for the Ice Hogs really all season. He's up with Chicago now, got an NHL deal. Um, they've had uh, they've had. Two trades involving the blue line, uh, one with Colorado, one with Anaheim, um, multiple call-ups. Um, they had the deal with, with the Leafs, uh, which uh, brought in uh, Pavel Godolev. Um, uh, they're signing PTOs. I mean, they're kind of a little bit of everything right now. So um, Cam Hillis uh, looks like if he stays on the roster, that could be his return to Laval. Um, he's with the Ice Hogs now. Uh, and I think a lot more will depend, too, on, on the deadline, right? Like if mm-hmm. – um, you know, if the Blackhawks continue to, to move players out, you know, you gotta get, you gotta get fill-ins from somewhere and Rockford's the first place they look. So, uh, but overall Rockford's, um, uh, they've been an up and down team at different points, but 
uh, when they're on, they're really on. Uh, they've been a really, uh, really solid team for the most part this year. They had some makeups, but uh, they're another team fight, fighting for a playoff spot. Um, right now, they're they're in relatively good shape because Iowa's uh, struggling pretty badly. But you know, as, as we've seen, I mean, you know, you don't. It doesn't take much to to to, to get into trouble. So I think Rockford will definitely be a tough test uh, on Sunday or Saturday, I should say especially coming off, you know, back-to-back games against Rochester. So, you know, that could be a letdown game too. You're in that divisional setup and then you quickly pivot to another, you know, really not even just out of division, out of conference game. So uh, that, that'll be an interesting test test for Laval for sure. Well, and just before we leave uh, Laval and, and in, in its relation to the trade deadline, we've heard rumblings this week um, out of Montreal that, um, that that Kent Hughes, one of his um, secondary goals for the trade deadline is to bolster the Laval lineup. They would really like Laval to be a playoff team uh, this year. And so that some of the trades that you might see uh, leading up to Friday or on Friday itself uh, will be specifically for Laval and maybe mm-hmm. minor league trades. But um, I think... What I got anyway from from um, Patrick, your your notepad, your notebook article, uh, going into last weekend is um, how hard it is to predict uh, the 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 trickle effects of of uh, uh, trades that happen uh, with for, um, for the trade deadline. How that affects uh, overall the 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 teams in the AHL and and. Um, how you know one or two kind of trades can can really upend things, um, or 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 or, um, or help things in a positive way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's one of the you know it's it's one of the strangest really situations that you'll find in all of hockey is where you have this whole trade trade deadline going on around you if you're an AHL team and yet really have no say in it, no control over it. Um, you know, you looked at Utica, for example, losing uh, Andreas Janssen, their second leading scorer. Mm-hmm. You know, that that's a tough piece to lose from your lineup, a, a team that's in its own playoff race. And, you know, so you're kind of a, you're a bystander, but you're also, in some cases, dramatically affected at the same time. So, um, so a situation like, you know, with Ken Hughes and Laval, where they may make some, you know, Laval-specific moves, is is fairly rare but it's also you know certainly beneficial if they can actually pull it off because i mean a lot of times these you know the nhl moves are not made with a whole lot of uh, thought or consideration given to, to what the ahl team is trying to do i think it's very all it can be all convoluted but at the same <laughs> time it's all very it's all very exciting to watch how how teams adapt um, and which teams have, Rick, as you say, you know, sometimes GMs in the NHL club who are who are going to try to maybe pull strings to to help their team uh, in the AHL have a have a successful season. So uh, lots to keep an eye on as as we move towards Friday. Um, we do know um, that a couple of trades have taken place already. Now, Rick, I really think that San Jose and New Jersey completely had you in mind when they put this trade package together. You know how I like the CHL trade. <laughs> um, just a, just a couple of pieces included all together in, 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 in that, uh, in that trade. I mean, it was uh, nine players altogether, I think something to that effect. Um, 
it's not we you don't usually at the NHL level see such a a big package on both sides of just a list like that. Um, so it certainly caught a lot of people's attention. Um, talking just a bit, of course, this was really the big the the big name that was on the on the block was Timo Meyer, um, and who is who is now heading um, heading to New Jersey. But uh, that meant that for you know when we're talking about the North Division and how competitive it's been, uh, Patrick, we see you know Utica is tied for, with Syracuse at I believe fifty seven points. Uh, they're sitting currently in second place with Syracuse in third place, but both with fifty seven points. Utica trying to hold on to that second second place position, but now, uh, just like we talked about uh, with Toronto last week, we talked about how Toronto lost a couple of key pieces of their scoring. Um, you see, this time it's Utica losing Andreas Janssen and Nikita Kodiak, um, and and how that's immediately going to affect uh, the Utica Comets. Yeah, I mean, and you know. You- we last week we talked about the Marlies too, for example, right? Like, so like, you know, they lost Adam Gaudet, uh, Joey Anderson got moved this week. Another kind of player that's uh, been a part of their roster at different points. So, I mean, <laughs> trying to make any sense of this, right. It's mm-hmm. just, um, you know, it's such a difficult uh, little game to play and, you know, uh, a lot of times too, like we see with, with the deadline, right? Like, you know, they, they get the NHL moves out of the way and then sort of like last minute they throw together some of these AHL deals, right? And so like, you know, you have a team, like I mean, how often do we talk like, you know, a team is trying to find its identity, right? Like do they spend, you know, the better part of the first half of the season trying to get that into place, right? And I know Kevin Deneen in Utica, for example, that's been, you know, one of his season long goals and, you know, it's something he's been working at and they've, uh, you know, they've had kind of fits and starts with that and, you know, so now you kind of maybe have gotten things a little bit on track, right? Like they had two big wins last weekend in Cleveland and the, you know, the wrecking ball kind of hits your roster, right? And you don't have a lot of, you know, well, you have no power in what happens. So um, there's a reason, I mean, coaches like Deneen, you know, he's, he's worked at both NHL and AHL levels and, you know, other coaches will tell you that um, the HL's the toughest lead to coaching because you really don't have a lot of control over your personnel and um, your players coming and going. And, and this is a tense time of the year in general for, for players at this level, because um, you know, you know, are they going to be thrown into a deal somehow? If not, I mean, maybe they want to be thrown into a deal other, you know, in other cases. <laughs> so yeah, it's a real, it's a real kind of a lot of moving pieces right now. Um. I will just mention in passing, it's nothing we need to to hang up on for uh, uh, any period of time, but a familiar name and Keith Kincaid on the move mm-hmm. again, um, which, you know, we wish him all the best as well. It was Keith Kincaid uh, getting traded for Shane Bowers. Um, and a goalie in that in that massive um, San Jose, uh, New Jersey trade as well. That's true. A former Q goaltender that... Mm-hmm. Um, he, he, well, I guess part of Utica now, and and the the former Q goaltenders always play well against Lavelle. <laughs> but that did just ha- it's just it just way. happens to work just, out that way. Yeah. <laughs> um, one of the things um, 
one of the one of the aspects of the NHL trade deadline that we didn't touch on last week, and I should mention if you if you missed last week's show, um, Patrick just mentioned that we were talking a bit about uh, the the Marlies trade last week, but we did uh, talk a bit about how the NHL trade deadline really affects teams at the HL level, either positively or negatively. It can go really both ways. Um, but one of the aspects of of that that we did not talk about are um, kind of the rules and regulations for trade deadline day. 3 p.m. is not just the deadline to make trades. Uh, there's other factors that affect the AHL as well. And Rick, paper transactions are are one of those things that everybody kind of forgets about until the 11th hour. And then it's, oh, goodness, why are suddenly all of these players being sent to to Laval when when in reality they're actually really not, right? Well, uh, and I, I think it's uh, in in Patrick's um, article, he talked about trade deadline day and, and how people are glued to social media and how they take time off work. And and sometimes when all those trades aren't happening, when when it's slow, when the networks are struggling to fill, then then, um, you know, fans venture off and and um, and become their own investigative reporters and they look at transaction pages and they say oh my goodness look who just got sent to the AHL and, and get worried about um, you know a favorite player or or something like that and don't realize that it's simply uh, a paper transaction uh, that that makes a player eligible for uh, post uh, postseason play in in the AHL and and so I think it's an important point to to mention that that's that's also the way the AHL factors into the NHL's trade deadline day, right? And Patrick, just uh, just so just to clarify that from the AHL's well from the NHL standpoint, it's the rule is that in order for a player to be eligible to play in the Calder Cup playoffs, they have to be on the AHL roster by three p.m. on trade deadline day. Is that correct? Uh, I think something yes. to that effect. Yeah. Um, actually, yeah, it would be um, 3 p.m. on uh, March 10th. On March 10th. Okay. Yes. Yeah. And so that's where you start to see some of those moves, right? Like, you know, you have to be in the HL, you know, and on a roster if you want to be. And then, you know, like last year, for example, at the AHL deadline, um, which was actually about a, three weeks later because of everything getting pushed around with that pandemic resurgence. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw like Chicago, the Chicago Wolves, for example, made uh, you know three different moves that day. Uh, one of them was uh, Richard Ponick, uh, NHL veteran, who came in and was a huge player for them down the stretch as they went on to win the Carter Cup. So, you know, some some years it's pretty quiet. Other years it's like uh, the GMs of, uh, you know, they took their vitamins in the morning and, and <laughs> got you know got down to work and uh, can really you know. Depend on how you manage it. Like you can really shake up your lineup, at, you know, at this level, especially, right? Like you're not dealing with um, salary cap considerations at this level. Mm-hmm. Um, you're in some cases you don't have to worry about the NHL contracts status because you might be moving AHL contracts. Um, and just you know, there's just you know, there's not any sort of no moved clauses <laughs> to, no. to worry about. So like you know, if if you want to get creative, you can, right? Like if you can find a dance partner and. Um, you know, usually, especially if you have an opportunity to send a player off uh, to a team that can, you know, make it make a run for the cup, uh, it's it's generally good business to do that, right? Like give a player an opportunity uh, to to further their own career, and 
um, put themselves in a good line for, for a crown ship track the following summer. So uh, it can get definitely creative, um, you know, at the age of deadline, especially. Mm-hmm. So let me um, out of the blue here, um, put you on the spot to ask a, um, um, a question, a question that was raised uh, on our f- uh, fan page on Facebook. Um, a fan asked, now it's, it's generally thought that the season is over for Yuri Slavkovsky. However, when the Canadians announced, and that, and that was his injury was in mid-January, they said um, that it was a three-month timeline. Um, since then, you know, it's, it's assumed that he's not going to be back at all, but he could be back and could, the question is, um, if he comes back after that three-month timeline, um, could he be made available to the Laval Rocket um, for their playoff run, assuming that they make the playoffs? So I'll, I'll, that was a question asked on our Facebook page. Let me turn that over to you. Uh, that's a good question. That's a really rare situation. Yeah. Um, I don't have the answer, to be quite honest. I can certainly look for that. Um, but um, you generally don't see that. Um, but it can happen. I mean, in the sense of like, you know, players do get injured and, um, but you know, that where, where that gets, that gets murky is because, you know, you're not able to send an injured player down. Right. So right. while they're still injured. So that's where, um, that's where I get murky on it. So I need to, I need to check in on that and, and kind of get a, like the official, official clarification. Very interesting. Good question. Yeah. Yeah. Good question. That's a, that's the thing where I, I you know, I've had questions like like of that nature, or even I asked some NHL GMs, and they're like, um, "Not sure." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's kind of an exception to an exception to an exception, right? Like, you know, especially when you're you're also trying to merge kind of the the NHL CBA and the NHL rules, and in with some of the the AHL's little peculiar, um, you know, you know, exceptions. So um, it can get pretty. It can get pretty unclear so uh yeah that's uh that's a good question though for sure so uh we've covered the paper transactions we know that's got to happen uh by three o'clock on the nhl trade deadline day and then patrick the ahl trade deadline is uh seven days later on march 10th so lots of Mm -hmm. action coming up in the next couple of weeks is what you're both trying to tell us Yeah, Uh, stay tuned to the HL transactions page. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it is always uh, very much fun having both of you on the show. Um, Lots of information, lots of great analysis, lots of questions. I like the questions. Hmm. Rick Stevens bringing in the questions. (laughs) I like it. Um, And, of course, uh, we always enjoy when all three of us are able to get get together. So maybe we'll... uh, but we'll get Rick back a little sooner than the end of, of the month. That'd be great. Next time around. Thank you both for being here today. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks once again for Patrick Williams and Rick Stevens joining me here in the studio today for this week's edition of the AHL Hot Stove. It's always so much fun uh, when the three of us get to sit down and chat for the hot stove. Uh, There's always laughs. There's always a lot of really stimulating conversation, really great opinions and analysis and perspectives. 
Um, and yeah, it's it's an exciting time of year uh, to be covering hockey with the trade deadline, both at the NHL and AHL level. So we'll see uh, what happens coming up here. But thanks to both of those gentlemen for being here with us. And thanks to all of you for being with us this week on the Press Own Podcast. It's so much fun being here with you every week. Uh, this month, March 2023, it's getting closer. We're going to hit our 300th episode of the Press Zone, and you are going to be here for it. I don't want you to miss it. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. Come back every Tuesday for a new episode, and just uh, stay safe. Enjoy all the hockey. Enjoy the trade deadline drama, and we'll see you back here again next week for another episode of the Press Zone podcast right here on Rocket Sports Radio. Click subscribe to never miss an episode of the Press Zone on Rocket Sports Radio. Visit AHLReport.com for the latest news on hockey prospects.